Second Star to the Left, a podcast on everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt, with my friends. I'm Bert. And Katie. How y'all doing this week? Katie, you're getting over um, a death illness and also a ban on Twitter, from what I've heard from the Uh, Ravens. Yeah, so I had strep throat for like the last week or so, um, which should have been an, an easy treatment, but you know. Our healthcare system is a joke. So Medicare for all. Fuck you, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, so after like a a couple different doctor visits and like two hundred dollars racked up in copays, I finally got some antibiotics that have been on the market for forty years. So, pray. Um. Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, and I was in Twitter jail for a week because I said that Pisces were old sea hags. So you know. That's cool. What I love that. Again? Matt, please censor that. Please bleep no. that in the edit. No. It's so, very dangerous. <laughs> uh, you can't call, you can't make fun of astrology signs, but you can be a Nazi on Twitter. So. Okay, so this is the best part. So Katie posts this, a Myers-Briggs typology meets astrology thing that Katie posts. And I reply going, oh, I'm this. Wait, no, actually, I can't read right. I'm actually this thing. And then Katie corrects me and say, no, you're an old sea hag. And then Twitter bans her. See, the funny thing is that... Matt said it first. Well, he that's true. old hag. Well. But and he the, didn't get banned. And I said old sea hag. Well, the funniest thing to me is that you can get banned for making fun of... For, like, obviously joking around about Pisces. Um, but I can go on Twitter and say, like, astrology is a bunch of bupkis. And anybody who believes in it is is in on like a sham and i won't get banned it's fine no because you're a white dude on twitter exactly (laughs) everyone will just assume that if you're a white dude on twitter who hates astrology you're just a libertarian so well i'm not thank god it's good you got antibiotics that are probably just sitting in a warehouse doing nothing i mean like like... it's seriously like clindamycin (laughs) like these are like super it's like they're a fancy drug so what happened was i i went to um a clinic Um, when I first started like noticing signs and for those of you who don't know, I actually do have a background in health. So as soon as I woke up and I felt my my throat was sore, I checked in the mirror with a flashlight, saw I had white spots, which are the telltale signs of of strep throat, but it hadn't gotten bad yet. And I hadn't had a fever or anything. So I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go now, um, sort of like nip this in the bud and get it treated before. Like I, I basically get super under the weather. And I went and they're like, Oh yeah, that's what it is. And I got put on, one course of antibiotics. Um, they're pretty common. Um, after two days, I was worse, um, which is not usually how antibiotics tend to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back, and they're like, oh, they, they wouldn't even see me. They mm-hmm. just kind of, like, talked at me. They're like, oh, well, you know, um, what do you want us to do? I'm like, I... <laughs> make me feel good. <laughs> you you specifically have on my treatment plan to come back if symptoms do not yeah. improve or worsen in 48 hours. So here I am making an appointment like your treatment plan says. And they're like, well, we can't really do anything. I'm like, you can't <laughs> change my antibiotics. Do we look like, like well, doctors or something? You know. Um, and because it was a five-day course and I was supposed to be on day three, they're like, we'll just finish it. And I'm like, No. Why am I gonna like? Why am I gonna wait five days and be like, oh, turns out I still feel like shit five days later. So I ended up having to go. So I actually did try. Like I waited another day, and after I couldn't sleep because um, I was having you know fevers that would wake me up. Like either like I was either shivering or like covering my bed in sweat. 
I was like, fuck it, I'm going to an urgent care, which, like, I have health care um, through my employer, which means that, you know, I have the luxury of paying $350 a month um, for a premium, and then my copay for a uh, an urgent care was $150. So, like, that's already $500 I've essentially spent in one month for a very straightforward illness. Anyway, I finally got, like, the shot in the ass and older course of antibiotics for, like, 10 days instead of five, and then whoa, who knew this treatment that's been here and how they typically treat you would have been the answer all along. So yeah, like $500 later, super glad to be on like probably like $2 worth of actual antibiotics. We're Uh, glad that you're better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Strep throat sucks. I forgot like how much it sucks beyond just like the typical, like I can't swallow even water yeah. Um, because the fever, uh, I forgot that, like, how high your fever gets on strep. So, anyway, uh, stay healthy out there, y'all. <laughs> and if your uh, symptoms don't improve with a bacterial infection in two days and your doctor won't do anything, go find a fucking new doctor, if you can. Yeah, I get, like, bronchitis once a year, and I don't mm. recommend it. Not recommended. No, it's not fun either. Again, glad you're doing better. Uh, listener question this week. Um, open up the mailbag for the second sarcast or our email or open hailing frequencies or you want to call it i'm pushing up my glasses right now and swirling myself listeners so don't worry we have I a new incoming hail from <laughs> oh my god the fucking quasar uh, or i'm gonna cloak from this discussion uh anyways <laughs> jess in new york asks the cast as we all know movie or video games are not art but what's your favorite storyline in a video game video games mm-hmm. are art I mean, yeah, I I'm think fine facetious. With, oh. The tone seemed facetious. I'm fine with video games being art. I just like not oh. calling them art to piss off. Oh, I like saying that everything that is art. art. Uh, oh, yeah. Video games are art with a capital F. God, there are there are a lot of really strong video contenders. Uh, is so I'm having a, a a hard time here because I feel like nowadays, like so many strong writers did go over to like video games uh, with Bioware games and how expansive like the potential goes there. It's obvious, like, how much that they rely on writing and, you know, in- including strong writers in their team. So it's actually really hard for me to think of of one, especially, like, when I think of, like, all the indie games that are out there. And I'll... I haven't played that many video games when I think about it, but the one, two of them stick out to me. Like, I love the Mass Effect series because it's so, like, mm-hmm. space opera-y. I'm a big nerd for that. Um, but the one that I think that I didn't appreciate enough when I was a kid that now I'd like love to go back and do again is uh, Majora's Mask. Mm. Like as far as like Zelda games go, that ca- that storyline was incredibly mature and like all the little things you did. Maybe it wasn't even so much a storyline; it was just like all these little vignettes that you got to do, like a tons of like little short story collections mm-hmm. set in this overarching narrative. It's really hard for me because this was I love. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch because like that was storytelling but it was also v- very much like visual storytelling um, because each story part was connected with a very specific art style as you moved through this family history that she was telling or like that was being told to you um, and I really liked that that's just like a typical walking simulator type game and uh um, was it like super yeah. fancy? I think it wasn't even that long, but I, I really enjoyed that. And then the real answer is, of course, it's Dragon Age, all of them, because I'm an absolute fucking fangirl and it's disgusting. I have like the comic books. I'm so sorry. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is me. Because like, again, like, 
that's why I like Bioware is because like I've never felt as drawn in to a video game before as I did with the Dragon Age series and I'm not gonna get on my pedestal here but I'm probably not gonna do four because like they've gotten rid of all of the reasons to play that series now and that was like the the writers who were part of it so R.I.P. Dragon Age you were good at while it lasted. I, I have I've been meaning to play What Remains of Edith Finch. I think that's is that the same as um there's another game that's a walking simulator, uh Ethan uh The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I haven't actually heard of that one. Uh it is made by it's made by the astronauts and Edith, uh, Edith is Finch. uh is developed by Giant Sparrow. Okay, different companies. That's weird because the the titles are the same. They're both walking simulators, and even like the fonts are the same. Okay, but I've been meaning to play it. Um, anyway, pointless tangent. Um, I'm gonna cheat and pick three different games because like my first my my favorite visual storytelling game was uh I think this year if not I think it might have been last year was Return of the Oberdin, which is a um amazing looking game where you're like uh, it's by the guy who did Papers Please, mm-hmm. and so it's like a um you're like an insurance claims investigator on like an old clipper ship that everybody died on and you have to figure out how every single person died using this like supernatural element where you can see like a flash of a scene where somebody died it's really incredible because just the way everything is interlocked and you figure everything out um outside of that it would be visual novels so hotel dusk for the ds is really excellently written and anything by ryuichi 07 who did umineko and higurashi uh mm. although those have their their <laughs> problematic elements but their the overall writing is very very good so and that ties into this week because we're all giant anime. fucking nerds <laughs> weebs uh. let's get into 2016's kimi no noir the day a star fell it was almost like like seeing something out of a dream nothing more or less than, than a breathtaking view, view. Let's hit the cafe later. Thanks, but I gotta go to work. I can't stand this place anymore. It's too small and close-knit. Who do you think you talk your boy like that fly? Where am I? I've been having some strange dreams lately. Like a dream about someone else's life. What is this? What could this mean? In our dreams, that girl and I were switching places. That was the trailer for Your Name. Uh, Before we dive in this week, um, I don't know what Bert and Katie would think about this one. We're going to definitely just dive right in. There are definitely things that can be spoiled about this movie, I think. And I would really, I want you, the listener, to experience this movie for the first time like and just like experience that story so i'd encourage you if you haven't seen it and you're listening to pause go watch it and then come back for a discussion on it because i think there's it's very rich the first time you see it um yeah to add to that i will say that i was talking about this movie to someone while i was watching it and he was like oh i watched the trailer it doesn't seem like it's something i would like and i'm like okay well so you do, do you care about spoilers he said no and so I told him what the major spoiler was. He was like, well, shit, now I wish I had watched it. So just just 
adding to that, like, seriously, it's a major spoiler and it might spoil what you don't, you may not really think would be great, but it actually ends up being a really good movie, so. That even begs the question, do you want to start with, like, the spoiler discussion? Because, like, this is the only movie I've ever seen, I think, where I'm, like, really, the spoiler, I think it can be spoiled. I'm really, like, a person that's, like, anti-spoilers, like... I think we have a as a culture have built up this like mystery around spoilers, but this movie I feel um, like there's something there's a I want I want you to go on this journey as a viewer. Let's just tangentially talk about spoilers real quick because I kind of have thoughts on that. Um, I I believe I read a study not too long ago where they actually like polled people. They they did some kind of research into people that had been spoiled. Yep yep yep. And then saw a movie and people that hadn't and the people that had been spoiled actually liked it more. Um, a lot of the time, and I can't think of many movies. Or things that I've been like spoiled on that it actively made whatever it was worse. I think, or like, yeah, the qualitative difference for me between like let's say Game of Thrones and this, and this is I think Bert, we've talked about this I think in some ways like the J.J. Abrams sort of style of storytelling, where like you have to have a mystery that like keeps the viewer hooked on what's going to happen next, and it's not like plot driven. Sure. It's not about you know storytelling. It's just like there's got to be a hook. People need like it's like lost in your name. I don't feel like that's a hook that like detracts from the story. If you like yeah. know the ending. Interestingly enough, I I was reading some stupid reviews somewhere on like some board, and somebody had said, "Oh, this movie, you can tell what's going to happen. Uh, they give it away five minutes into the movie." And I was like, I just I remember reading it because the thing is, I mean, I vaguely remembered that there's. It's not really a mystery plot, but I remembered there was like a plot point. But I, I just read it like this isn't really a mystery film. No, like I, it's very strange to me to take to see this film and be like, oh, they gave everything away five minutes. And I'm like, I, who's watching this film? Like I've, I have to figure out what the secret is. I just didn't feel that watching it. Like it doesn't feel like that kind of movie. Yeah, it can kind of take you by surprise if you're not thinking that way but it's not like they're not laying hints and groundwork the entire movie i don't think it doesn't really feel like that i don't know i i would say like if you haven't seen it it's i don't think if you hear the spoilers it's gonna break the movie for you i don't know i just don't think of this as like a major plot twist movie like maybe if you're talking something like the sixth sense and somebody spoiled it for you even then i mean the movie would still be worth a watch but it would definitely be like a completely different experience i think that's more the problem is somebody's robbing you of the experience of not knowing less that it ruins the movie quote unquote like makes makes the movie bad katie uh you in our group dm you said that we had to draw straws to see who would hate this movie because we as a cast observed that we tend to have better discussions when one person perhaps mercilessly is subjected to the persecution derision of the other two individuals (laughs) such as the episode of taming the t-rex but uh, <laughs> Jeez. my impression from our group discussion is that we all enjoyed this on various levels. I'd love to hear what you all, you know, really appreciate or love the most about the film. Um, Besides the kick-ass soundtrack. Oh, my God. The soundtrack was great. The art was great. I forgot the studio who did this. Um, I remember, I think, being... The point that I was, like, blown away by, like, the, the art direction was uh, that one particular scene where... Uh, Taki, the one of the main characters, is in the cave, and he yep. slips back, and there's just like that the various art styles that are like connecting the two like timelines, and I was like, this is 
fucking gorgeous. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it was beautifully <laughs> rendered. Um, so, like, that was really great. Um, the going in, like, with nothing, again, like, I think I had watched the trailer or something. Um, and I was expecting, you know, like, a sort of like a slice of life, uh, Freaky Friday sort of thing. Um, going in and having like the the twist that was there was like oh shit like um, and then becoming sort of like a something of a mystery uh, I really enjoyed it I don't know there wasn't much that I disliked about this movie I don't think like it hit all the points for me that I love in like various media which is that it was pretty to look at uh, I thought the story was interesting and compelling I cried at least once so yeah. like you know just hitting all the major marks for me so yeah matt what did you think of your name 2006 because obviously i drew the straw we don't have to like suspense on this i i don't hate the movie at all by the way i love the i i like this movie quite love is is strong i like this movie quite a lot i like most everything in this movie but i obviously drew the straw so go ahead oh like i said i love the music i love i think i love mostly the story although and maybe Bert, this is the thing that you were gonna quibble on i do think the ending is a little bit convenient so the movie you know for those of you who have seen it because obviously you paused this podcast and came back you know these two teenagers taki and mitsuha swapping bodies literally and apparently time frames the movie has the potential to be really interesting and i think it, it loses an opportunity to be more interesting when it's revealed that it's sort of a love story between them the first place that i went to uh, when the the movie starts to uh, it just starts with these like two parallel storylines and then starts to like draw them together is when Mitsuha is she's saying to herself I wish I was going on that date with this uh, other waitress that Taki had been flirting with right um, at work and I almost thought for a moment this was going to be a different story not them falling in love but her sort of discovering her own identity and sexuality yeah. Um, and that was something like that's what I sort of thought this was going to go the first time I saw this. It is a little bit disappointing to see like it doesn't explore that more fully or the sense of like gender identity that the characters sort of experience in these like different ways in terms of like in co- like uh, experiencing another person's body. Those things I think are missed opportunities in some ways. Like I think they're yeah. good. They start to get there, but not developed a way that could be really interesting. Yeah, it it kind of starts out with that like ghost of a premise it's it's kind of like oh we're doing a freaky friday thing so the what what will happen is these two characters who have different ideas about life will take a walk in each other's shoes and then learn things about themselves due to the other people <clears throat> and yeah it does it it almost takes that turn it's like she's like oh i wish i was going on that date smiley face in her in her diary or whatever and i'm like oh and then it's just like but then the movie just kind of presents it as Ah, because this is so much fun being in your body. It's, it's yeah, just yeah. very, like, you know, who cares? So it kind of has that chance. But then again, like, I think it's just a case where it's so well done that it ends up not hurting it. Like, like uh, once it turns into the love story between the two characters, that's, like, the saddest stuff in the whole movie. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very well, heart-wrenching. And honestly, like, I think I would have been okay with the story yeah, if they hadn't gotten together in the end, even. Like, I would have been okay with them just sort of, like this constant longing yeah and just like looking for connection and like it always could be there it does feel a little bit like neatly bowed up i feel like you you put your present and put a bow on it um to have them end up together at the end i feel like i read something else where there was another film maybe by this director that 
has an ending like that that's very like definitely not a happy ending and a little sadder to it and so this was more like just give people what they want a little bit but um sure yeah so i do like this movie a lot i saw it back in 2017 i have two things i don't like about it but everything else is really great and honestly they're not they're not major issues with the movie uh the art is very good that that one sequence in the middle maybe a little after the middle in the cave is just fucking mind-boggling it, it looks like uh just the most gorgeous like colored pencil sketchbook that's also animated somehow um it's really a testament to animation like the potential of like using that as a film medium yeah some movies do flashbacks and like they put like cheesecloth over the camera or something and then you watch something like this it's like jesus it's like a it's like an extended surreal dream sequence uh in an entirely different art style it's just incredible also a lot of the backgrounds are crazy as a aspiring artist like i think a lot of artists feel this way that backgrounds are like the most boring thing in the whole world to do and I saw some of the backgrounds this me. I'm like, somebody had to paint all that or like draw. I don't even know who in their right mind like gets a kick out of that. But like, I respect them to like an insane degree. I don't know how people do that. The animation's really fluid. There's a lot of great like movement of the characters. It's very natural feeling. Uh, so the voice acting, I love. I, I gotta pop in there to say the good. voice acting between uh, the two act the voice actors who play Taki and Mitsuha as the characters inhabit each other's bodies mm. it's just it's it's so good yeah so i cried twice that's gonna offset the two things i don't like about the movie <laughs> so <laughs> the first thing this movie does have a little bit of male gaziness to it per, like the mm-hmm. boobs is one thing so so when uh taki wakes up in mitsuha's body he immediately is like whoa i have boobs and he's grabbing his boobs over and over which is played as a joke and it can kind of sort of work as a joke, kind of. It has a setup and a payoff later when they confront each other. And his sister it comes in and is like, what are you doing? And then, Or her sister, whichever. Yeah, Mitsuha's sister. You know, I can get where the comedy is, but it's also kind of like her, I'm a guy, boobs, you know. Oh, I have boobs now, mm-hmm. so touch the boobs. It's fine. It's not that bad. Uh, the real one that kind of gets me is all the panty shots. There, I think there's like two or three in this movie. And they're just so... I think of the one. One that stuck out was the bike riding. Yeah, thing. that's the worst one. Yeah. It's I just the other bad, ones. man. And it's it's like the camera has no reason to be there. Mm. The skirt, the dress has no reason to fly up. It's just an anime, so we got to do that. It's like, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. Just don't do that. There's no reason. And the second thing that sucks... I love the soundtrack to this movie. The fucking J-pop songs, man, they suck. They're awful. And they come in, it, they, they do like these great montages. And I got to oh, hear like some dude warbling over some crappy like indie pop. I don't, if this was an American movie, it'd be like, you're just watching a movie. It has a really great like minimalist piano soundtrack and you're getting into it. And then fucking Fireflies comes on. You're like, fuck, what am I watching? <laughs> it sucks, man. I know like people like these songs, but no, not for me. I'm like, yeah, I, I love these songs. It's only like three of them. It's just they take like, they take the intro of the movie, which is like an anime OP. Screw that. This is a movie. Don't do that. I don't need that. And then like halfway through, there's a, there's a really great montage. And they're like, 
let's put some crappy <laughs> crappy indie rock in there like no stop uh but this is just me complaining about that i'm sure literally no one else cares these like the other two members of the podcast probably greatly enjoyed those those james blake in japanese sounding song excuse you I... <laughs> why would you think that we would like that fucking matt hurt. clearly liked it matt of course because this was like is like the pop punk music of like my god youth. so like i was like oh my god i mean maybe maybe simple plan pop punk not like yeah not absolutely. like yeah, green no, day absolutely. or it has no edge and it's just so oh yeah yeah for sure this is stray light run but in a j-pop movie the starting line <laughs> yep. get that out of here man it's it's i don't know it doesn't fit with the movie i know they're kids i don't know it doesn't fit with the mood of the movie at all to me it's just like a hey we're doing a fun romance movie yay and it doesn't work um but that's like 10 minutes of the movie the male gaze is maybe like all up to like 30 seconds three minutes yeah it's not really a big deal a lot of people might not even notice the panty stuff it's hard to not notice the bike ride one, frankly. <laughs> like, it really is really bad. hard. And, like, that's the part that annoys me. But I excuse... It, not ex- I guess I should excuse it. I know what you mean. Listen, so good. I read visual like, and, like, novels. Just, like, the like... imagery. <laughs> so, for me, this movie, like, I first time I saw it, I cried, like, four times. Because I'm a very emotional person. Katie knows I'm a cancer. So... <laughs> <laughs> banned from twitter <laughs> uh just left a needle burp um <laughs> well as the, we all know the other 11 signs just robots not emotional absolutely, at all <laughs> 100%. 100% i love the imagery and like the intimacy of the story that like taki drinks um and takes into his own body like a piece of mitsuha uh, when he drinks the uh, Kuchi Kamazaki. It's um, Saki. Saki, yes. <laughs> um, so like that was really interesting. I love the little scenes. Mitsuha enjoying his Tokyo life. Like she just has so much energy and excitement and love for it. And the, the way this movie, like I'm not a person that grew up like enjoying anime or thinking of it as like an art form. What this movie has for me is like, this was the movie for me that opened up my eyes to the potential of the stories in anime and like just this incredible sense of longing. This to me is a film all about longing. It's about longing to be in a place that you're not. It's a longing to be with someone that you can't be. It's so passionate and mournful. I know like a movie that I, I hadn't really experienced it or this movie communicated that sense of longing for me very deeply and like i can think of a one relationship i had in my life that was just also so impactful and that longing to be with that person to experience their closeness um you know like is a feeling that you just feel for the rest of your life in some ways like that's really cool and i love that this movie captured that sense and i can return to it whenever i want um it's a really good romance movie i i don't know it was kind of there are parts of it that were kind of uh I mean, they're, it's good, but it's it's hard for me to... I don't know. The two characters in the movie are, are younger... What are they, like teenagers, maybe? 20s? I don't know. But they, uh, they're, don't like, know. They're, in the, they're in high school. Okay. So, I mean, it makes sense on that level. There's, there's part of me, like, kind of halfway to two-thirds through that was almost like... 
Um, because I kind of identified with it a little. I've, I've gone through a lot of my life kind of thinking about romance or love in the sense that this movie kind of portrays it. And part of me has kind of turned a corner on that where, where you can get very caught up in the idea of the, the, the kind of drama of the situation that you've created in your head as opposed to like, I don't know. And, and to be fair, this is a sci-fi kind of it's i mean it's sci-fi quote unquote uh, i mean it's speculative fiction yes it 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 is a very like it has otherworldly elements to it so it's allowed to get romantic with them but it's also i don't know like there's there's part of me like that kind of had a little more it, it's like you said the ending is is very the romance came true y'all and i i kind of had more respect for um, when he goes on the date with the waitress, I guess, um, and it's just not working because he's not the girl that was in his body, and that's what she respected about him, and so you get to kind of just see like a bad date happen, <laughs> as opposed to like I don't know, like it, uh, that's more like a realistic portrayal. I mean, it doesn't have to be bad to be realistic, but I'm just saying like the the. The latter half of the movie is more like it's it's more both characters have built up this big romantic understanding when when I don't know, they don't they've been in each other's bodies. But how well do you really think they understand each other? They, they probably have a pretty good understanding of how everybody around them perceives them, but they don't really communicate that much with each other outside of like diary entries. and uh, You know what I mean? I don't know. This isn't really a problem with the movie for me. It's just kind of like where my head was at for the last half of it is, is I I respect, I mean, it's, it's better. It's a better like romantic comedy than something like a pretty woman or something, you know, uh, made in Manhattan. But, um, there's, I I don't know. I, I kind of got it in my head. Like, is there something about romance, like romantic movies that, that off puts me on like a fundamental level where it's, where it's almost like, is there, is there some kind of escapism to this? You know what I mean? You're getting out of your your real life where these things don't happen. You know what I mean? I like this for just kind of like what it was. Um, And I I like sometimes like cheesy, you know, romance movies. Well, I guess actually I only like cheesy romance movies when they're anime. Uh, (laughs) And uh, because like there's only two I like now, which is this one and uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Ooh. Uh, It's like my other favorite one. Uh, sometimes I just want to do a good cry. I just want to like watch a a, a mournful sort of movie and, and cry about it. Um, and so I didn't really like plumb the depth too much, honestly, um, because I've had a hell of a last like week for being sick, and the week before that was a bit intense for me. So like I just saw this movie as like pure catharsis <laughs> for my emotional state. So it was just like just letting it out. Just it's good for I, uh, okay. Those things I kind of feel like I was in that like brain space. Like like should I just let the movie take over my brain? <laughs> you know, and get yeah. get. And, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this healthy? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I'm curious where you guys cried in the movie, just because I like to figure out like with movies that people for- cry to, like what what sets them off. I don't know. For me, it was when um, they fir- they first see each other in Twilight uh-huh. and like see each other as like individuals like in that space, 
I kind of I cry when Taki realizes that he saved the town, like he did what he was trying to do. Oh yeah. Um, for some reason, that really moves me. And then, of course, like at the end when like they see each other, and like they're gonna be together, and I'm just like, oh my god, like it's great, like finally, oh my god, and just like the there's more like tears of almost like relief, yeah, of like things worked out. See, for me, like I don't see this movie as like indulging in fantasy in a weird way like it doesn't feel like it's trying to tell me a story about those things to get me to buy into it or to believe in romance and fantasy like the premise to me is so ridiculous that like to be honest like i can't even imagine how alienating or like weirdly intimate that would be to be body swapping with someone yeah to to like drink sake that like they made from their body Like for sure, but like the first, like, the first half not so much. It's more the, the the latter third where it's like uh two people that have almost like forgotten each other, and like it's like there's something out there, and I don't know what it is. I I feel like that's something. That, yeah. yeah, you know. See if if they didn't if we didn't have the first two thirds of the movie sure. though, I totally agree with you. Like that would be yes the fantasy of I will be fulfilled by finding the the missing piece of me, right? Which is very much like a part of our patriarchal you know storytelling about romance right 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 you know um but this film it's like oh this person was already a part of yeah yeah okay like that's why i need to find them because they have been in me Mm -hmm. before and i need them to be with me again because over this time we've had such intimate experience no one else understands me as well yeah um the part that that killed me was um it has to do with the the writing on the hands the the first thing where he forgets how to like write her name in like real time that kind of yeah, like yeah. disturbs me and then oh yeah when uh when she looks at her hand and it has the writing and it just says i love you that's like the saddest thing in the whole world oh yeah no i'm like talk you fucking asshole you fucking idiot yeah, but it's it's death. I I was just like, uh, and I died. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoever wrote that was like, "Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt Bert today. That's who I'm gonna hurt." <laughs> um, I probably I cried the most. I think like in in the, I think some of the scenes that were like the most like intense, like searching and like desperation feeling. Hmm. Um, and also definitely the the I love you in, in the hands. I like cried that one too. So. It's a yeah. sad movie, y'all. I'm glad that got... we just all cried, though. I'm glad that yeah, this yeah. had this. Uh, just like I, think I, I mean, I cried during Tammy to... and the T Rex too, but no, you did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to negate your experience. You did you not did cry not. during Tammy I, and the T Rex. He's right. I did. <laughs> um, I think also um, the the part that like for some reason like really impacted me is when she tries to find him in the past. And gives uh, him yeah. the the thread. Oh, on the train. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really sad. Yeah, that's hard. And she's like right there, and she like knows him. And oof. She's... See, I want to talk about that, but then I mean, that's gonna get into spoilers essentially. But well, no, the, we're talking about All spoilers right, that's now. Fine. That's the whole point. Well, we have actually we kind of danced audience. around the actual plot by and large. We mentioned it's a Freaky Friday thing, which is not a spoiler. Um, in this movie, Taki admits no. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. Uh, I'll just say like it, it would still be kind of dancing around it. So, um, I like the aspect of like um, he has the uh, bracelet, I guess, 
Yeah, uh, it's a, it's her thread. It's her family's. Her grandmother has taught yeah. her how to weave the the thread. That's one of the few things that's like set up and then paid off as like a kind of mystery thing, but it's not really like presented that way. But um, yeah, when she's on the train, she's like, "Oh, take this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." That's where all that comes from. Like I I. Because I had watched it before and I rewatched it. And I was like, I don't remember how any of this comes together. Like, why does, why, when does that happen? What's the timeline of events? And then like, just watch it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's all just makes perfect sense. Okay. It's not like Edge of Tomorrow where uh, I think I had a bit more problem with that. Or we had like some other timeline. Oh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> where my mind was racking itself trying to figure out, trying to out deduce things that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's the difference in this one is it feels like everything comes together in a way that makes sense. That like time isn't linear per se, but it's not in a way that feels it's not in a way that feels contrived. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it does that though. Like that's the thing that I I'm struggling in my head right now to kind of, like talk through is I don't understand why it works for me and something like Bill and Ted. Like I'm I'm. I have this distance from them, like, well, of course it works out that way. They have a, a trash can that falls in the police, of course. <laughs> well, I'm dense, so I, I feel like just, I did, uh, around when the sake got drunk, drank, whichever word, I did start kind of flipping around in my head, like, okay, who's in whose body right now? I'm having a hard time. And I think, like, my mind just kind of went, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> just pretend they're in their original bodies. It's not really that important. So, just to continue with the movie and not i was like trying to backtrack like wait who was there last time and then who was there? <laughs> a little like wait no he drank it he drank the sake in his own body so therefore he's him and it's fine just don't worry about it <laughs> um again i think this is just because i'm dense i think most people watching this would be like yeah it makes perfect sense uh it's not that hard but i mean it's a beautiful imagery like this like god of connection and you know, the, the village guardian who saves the town by facilitating this connection between them. That's an ancestral thing that uh, Mitsuha and her family, of the women in her family have been experiencing for generations. Or maybe um, it's an alien that lives on the comet. Yeah. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Not really explored. And this is a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I love the, the visual imagery of just like the thread as a metaphor for connections and people coming together and the thread is the thing that brings him back to her matt i have some great and... visual novels for you to play okay does steins gate have that kind of stuff i don't know i haven't played that one but most of them have like you're on this timeline and if you screw up we'll throw you on the other one this actually felt a lot like uh one of my visual novel animes um <laughs> it just has that sense of like the characters have to piece together what's going on to get the good ending which they do because disney plus just launched also Fuck. um i am struck by how much more interesting this film is than avengers infinity war in every conceivable level artistic i thought you were gonna say like lizzie mcguire or something i don't know avengers infinity. i missed the time travel episodes of lizzie mcguire sure we can use this opportunity to bag on disney if you want to <laughs> i was just to the side it's a good movie so, that we all liked. Woo! Katie, what stuck with you from like this? This is your first time watching it, right? Yeah. What's kind of like lingers with you in terms of your experience from it? I want to say like the first half, uh, definitely like the big reveal, um, and then trying to like piece together sort of like 
you know, what happened, how it could have happened, how to find her um, again. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was all, like, pretty pretty delightful. I didn't think it was a very deep movie, per se, but it was still an impactful one. So That's fair. I do like with that flashback scene that you get, like, so much of that character in that scene. Because they kind of, they, again, they, they, they're like, here's her dad. He's the mayor. They have a weird relationship. She lives with her grandma for some reason. Well, it's because the dad abandoned well, her. Well, I know, but family, like basically. the the flashback scene really just like oh yeah, smashes everything together. Like here's this here's this entire character in a in a 3-minute, 2-minute sequence or something. And you're like, "Whoa, that's a lot of uh, a lot of groundwork." Yeah, it's very well done. I think this movie made like a jabillion dollars in Japan. Like it was ridiculously successful and over here it probably did okay (laughs) it's the second largest grossing domestic film in japan behind spirited away like ever second largest yeah yeah that's for so for japanese domestic films and so like if you include films from the united states or other countries uh it's the fourth largest behind titanic frozen and then spirited away is the. i was gonna say you know it's no titanic This is a much better romance story than Titanic. It's also not like three hours, four hours long. Um, but that'll we'll save that for the episode we do on Titanic because that's a sci-fi movie. I mean, Rose is a ghost, right? Patreon episode. We'll do a Titanic commentary. <laughs> it is far too long. Jesus. See, I don't drink and I would have to drink to even like get anywhere into that. Yeah, it's a really good movie. My hypothesis was that, as we've experienced this as cast members on this podcast, um, cast members, that's the wrong term, as we've experienced this as you know podcasters, we struggle when we all love a movie mm-hmm. to dig into it. My hypothesis was that because we were talking about popular movies, like Alien, you know, where it's just like unequivocally good, mm-hmm. that um, that was our downfall. Like, it's really hard to contribute to the discourse on particular films that have had a huge, tremendous cultural impact already and have been talked about, you know, to death. Mm-hmm. My thesis, I think, is proven wrong <laughs> because it's hard for us to be like, no, oh, no, we're this just, movie's we, so good. The movie is good. We love we it. You should watch suck. it. What we can do is we can argue about pop punk bands. Like, uh, I would say... How dare you? Say anything I can deal with. You know, is a real boy pretty good? kind of went downhill I can deal that. with this huh? music by Radwimps which is the name of the artist that did the music for this It's a very movie. appropriate name honestly like <laughs> the the music like the the background music that is not Radwimps oh, no, yeah. is excellent like really good like I remember different parts of the movie where like I love this piano theme and I love the things they're doing here then a montage happens <laughs> And, yeah, and Radwimps came to be in like, my ears. All, like, and they up. said, hey, it's time for the Radwimps hour. And I said, God. Uh, I mean, look, it could be worse. Like, it's not like a... It's like not like a Hatsune Miku anime OP. You know, like... The, da, 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 and there's like fucking 20 billion things going on. Like, it, it's not that bad. If it's you bad. if you haven't seen an anime film, like, I'm not a person who would say... I'm going to say I'm a fan of anime. Yeah. I think that if you're a person that is relatively inexperienced who isn't like naturally inclined to seek out anime films this is still worth your time this is something that for me was it really showed the potential of the art form and what it can do and this is like if you 
are also probably like some kind of counterculture hipster who doesn't <laughs> want to watch a Miyazaki film for whatever reason. I'm not one of those people. I just have never gotten around to it. But like like my experience, like my interest in Miyazaki is like if you walk past like a restaurant every day and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder what's in that restaurant. But you never actually have the desire to go in and try the menu. Uh-huh. That's where I'm at with that. But I know at some point I need to go in there and get like a good dinner. I will say there were some times in this movie where um, my brain really wrapped this up with Ponyo and uh, Song of the Sea, I think it's called. Which is an oh, anime, yeah. but it's an animated feature. But they're, I think all three are about like these coastal towns with like this supernatural element that causes conflict, to put it mildly. I was like, wait, was that in Ponyo? No, that's in this movie. Wait, no, that's in Ponyo. I love Ponyo. Feel free to go watch Ponyo. But like, uh, it might be on Disney Plus, actually. Are, are the Miyazaki films on Disney Plus? I hope not. I hope they escaped. Um, I hope they're free. I hope they run wild. I, I would give Spirited Away the edge because it doesn't have uh, any, no, any rad wimps in it. Uh, but it, well, it probably doesn't have any perviness. It can't have any perviness. In Spirited Away, no, I, I don't I don't recall anything. That's just my favorite Miyazaki film. They're all good. Like, I've never seen a bad Miyazaki film. Oh, no, bad news. Uh, Spirited Away was dubbed into English by Walt Disney Pictures. Was what? So it's... Uh, Spirited Away was dubbed into English by Walt Disney Pictures, which means they likely own yeah. part of it. Well, no, I know they own most Miyazaki. They probably own, like, all of Studio... At least they own, like, the American rights or whatever nonsense. Like, I know they have ownership. I used to go to Disney, and, and you go to Japantown oh. and Epcot, and it's all it's all Miyazaki stuff everywhere. They've just okay. yeah, marketed it to hell. That's why I'm saying it's probably That's... on their crappy network. Uh, so... Uh, highly recommend. I think the universal consensus from all of us is check this fucking movie out. Also, be prepared to cry. Uh, next week we'll be discussing the 2018 satirical film Sorry to Bother You, directed by none other than Boots Riley. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. So, Burr hates it apparently. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media? I, Bert, am at refreshing time. I don't hate Sorry to Bother You. Uh... Uh, I am dunking on bad takes for honestly no good reason. I'm just wasting my time. But come along for the ride. It'll be fun. You're also dunking on people that got banned from Twitter for a week. With your I have not dunked on... How dare you? I was not dunking on... I Okay. A sigh that you could cut out of the episode. Because I know you commented, like, how dare you dunk on Katie? It's not even talking about Katie. Like, uh, like two different people on my feed got banned, like, today. Or probated, or whatever they do on Twitter. I guess they just do, like, weekly bans for, like... There was somebody that said something in German. Yep. And they got banned, because it says die yep. whatever in it. I think it was Boomer. Yeah. They said, like, D Boomer in German, and yep. they got banned. Like, it's like, <laughs> what yep. the fuck are these people doing? So, yeah, I was not even thinking of Katie. Um, but I'm glad Katie's not banned. There you go. <laughs> How dare you? And I'm at Anime Weed Fart 69 getting put in Twitter jail. No, no, well, you're we'll returned. See. You're on parole now. You're free. By the time this gets released, she, <laughs> yeah. she might be back. I might be there with my poll. And you can find me on Twitter at a very big bear. Uh, you can reach us at Second Star Cast. Please find and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Uh, rate and reviews is what help us to reach new audience members. 
Send us questions, listener questions. We'd love to hear from you. Secondstarcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week.